Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is The Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. He is a friend of the show. It was great to see him in studio a couple of, uh, about a month ago when he was here for the Warriors Awards. He is a Panthers great. He's the host of SEN Sports Day alongside former Wallaby Matt Rogers. I, of course, talking about Scotty Sattler. Scotty, as a former Penrith Panthers man, uh, you must be uh, excited that a fourth grand final awaits this weekend. I am. Thank you very much, guys. Um, hope you will be. Hope you're having a good time over there. Actually, when you go look at the catacombs, you might be able to find um, the Wallabies' game plan. It might be in there somewhere. It might be <laughs> buried in deep within those graves. But, um, yeah, no, it is exciting. It's interesting. I was talking to one of my former players, Craig Gower, our captain that night in 2003, and I said, what's the community like? Is it excited or is it just like another grand final? He said, it's funny you should say that. Everyone's excited, but no, no one's, you know, it's not the topic of everyone's conversation every second of the day, the grand final week, because as you said, four years in a row, it's, it just, I suppose it's just become normal for the Panthers now that, that they're there in the last, uh, last weekend of the season. So very exciting, but I've got to say, I think the Panthers are, out of the last three years, they're probably the most vulnerable. And a lot of people wouldn't think that would be correct looking at their record, but I think going into this game, they're a little bit more vulnerable because of the Luai injury, Isaac Tungor, who uh, he's coming back from a pec injury as well. Um, yeah, I think they're yeah a little bit more vulnerable this game. Sets first of all, uh, if there was actually a game plan to put on a gravesite, I think that'd be a positive uh, for the Wallabies. Uh, <laughs> secondly, mate, you, you referred to you referred to the Panthers and, and being a little bit vulnerable. Before you get to that point, isn't it remarkable considering? Obviously, every year now they're getting sort of chipped at as far as some of the big names are going. Obviously, Croydon's going after this one. It was kick out the, the year before in Coruscant. But, geez, for them to be so convincingly in this grand final, uh, remarkable, isn't it? It is. It is, Beeb. It comes down to great coaching. You know, it's just they've been able to develop a really good system there where. Um, it doesn't matter who comes in as assistant coach, as long as they've got the skills, of course, and they're identified as a, as a coach that can offer something really important. Uh, since Seraldo and, and Webster have moved on, that, that nothing changes, and the players are hearing the same messages. They've been able to evolve their game a little bit as well, not be so... Well, each year, teams generally play the same sort of style under a coach, but I think the Panthers have found themselves able to evolve as well with the players that have come in, and... I'm going to say, I was like everyone else. I thought with Kikau and Burton and Kroisau gone now, I thought, yeah, they'll probably come back to the field a little bit. They'll be top four, but I think they might come back to the, the field a bit. But, yeah, just tremendous coaching by Ivan Cleary to, to be able to keep his team motivated the way that they are and, most importantly, to, to ensure that they, they're always that streamlined machine and that's what they are one of our colleagues at SEN I think he summed it up beautiful one day when when the Panthers they won it they won the comp last year one of his favorite lines was he said this brutal machine and they are they're a brutal machine they're 
defensively, they're one of the best teams we've seen in the history of the game. And now, you know, the last the last grand final, last four, three final series, they've they've only conceded less than eight points, seven point eight points a final. Now, that's so hard. To, that's that's hard to beat. That's when you're throwing up stats like that. So, yeah, it's an amazing coaching job that Ivan Clear has done. You know, Andrew Webster will probably be the Dallium coach of the year, but there's an argument that that Ivan Cleary to be able to keep his team on top of the table for so long and motivated for so long. Um, there's an argument there that he probably should be the coach of the year as well. Maybe you talk about the, the Panthers evolving. Obviously, you watch State of Origin, and again, New South Wales is, is the nucleus of... Uh, sorry, Penrith is the nucleus of uh, the New South Wales team, and you, and you see them at times get shut down by, by Queensland, and I guess there's always the pundits uh, on your shows over there criticising the New South Wales from Penrith football doesn't work out in State of Origin. How is it that obviously they can not necessarily get it done at state or origin level, but yet no one can stop them when it comes back to club level and everyone sees, I guess, a way to do it, be it with different different teammates? Uh, is, do clubs not pick up or do, do they just not have the arsenal like a Queensland does to, to stop the Clearies and Lewis and Yol sort, of, uh, sort of combination? Yeah, I think you hit the nail right at the end, Dave. I think it takes putting together the best team of Queensland players to really break the break the cycle and, and, and break that stranglehold that Penrith put over sides. And also, I mean, a Penrith side wouldn't beat a Queensland side, and you'd think that when you throw the likes of Tedesco and Cohen to the side, Payne Haas, that they would be better. But yeah. it's also a, there's also a break in the rhythm, and when you're only getting players together for nine or ten days before a game, it, it would be difficult to grab all those players and say, okay, guys, this is what we need you to do. And Because as you know, it's combinations just take so long to to perfect and they know what the other person's thinking before you know, before a pass is even passed, a, a kick is even put away, defensively what decision you all made either side's going to make. So that's probably what it is more. It's probably more defensively that there's a break in the rhythm uh, at state of origin level and um, and you can't be consistent with it. So, yeah, it's, but it takes a... That's, that's how good they are. They've taken a, a hell of a Queensland side to, to beat them in another series. But we had uh, we had Monty on the show yesterday, the great Monty Beefham, and uh, yeah. he thought the Broncos would have to go up again a level on, I guess, their offloading, and and he he almost thought it was it was a bit kamikaze like the level of offloading they did against the Warriors, but he thought they'd have to go there again to stand any chance against the Panthers. Is it a case of getting Reese Walsh into the game and and rolling the dice for the Broncos, or do you see it a bit more evenly matched up than that? That they they don't have to go too far out of side of what they've been doing to maybe maybe beat the Panthers. Well, Beave, I think Monty's one hundred percent right. You know, the offloads when Melbourne had a stranglehold on the competition, they were playing grand finals most years, and it was basically because no one could penetrate their defence. But anyone that was a, willing to use the ball and also get get offloads that's when you can break up a defence because that's when you can inject those players like Reese Walsh and those speed players. And, and I think they've got to continue that. Now, the big question is, when they go to a grand final day, do they get like a little bit like a deer in the headlights and they think about the offload and all of a sudden you just think twice and you go, oh, I better not because it's a grand final. There's too much at stake. 
that they hold that pass and, and don't play their natural game. That's going to be the big battle they've got to fight within themselves, the Brisbane Broncos. They've got to be able to say, we're going to go out and play exactly the way we played against the Warriors. Any opportunity we, we get, we're going to get an offload and we're going to try and inject those, those quick players, your Ezra Mams and your Katoni Stags and, and um, you know, Reese Walsh's and co. So, and that's, that'll be Adam Reynolds' job and Kurt Catewell's job. You know, it's guys that have won grand finals before with Penrith and, and South to be able to say, hey, guys, don't, don't worry about the grand finals itself. It is a bigger game, but we've got to continue to play exactly what got us here. So that's going to be the big challenge for the Broncos. But they are an exciting team. I mean, if you don't usually watch a team, but for some reason they make you watch them when, they, when they're going to be playing whoever they're playing. Brisbane, for me, are that team. Like I, It didn't bother me whether I watched Brisbane each week in years gone by, but since Reese Walsh has come into that side and they continue to... You know, Dominance of Payne Haas and Co. I, I can't wait to watch them play. They're like the Harlem Globetrotters at the moment, the, yeah. the Brisbane Broncos. It's a it's a great matchup, isn't it, Sats? Because I think if you actually go through man for man, it's actually hard to separate even Cleary from Reynolds, for instance, and Ezra Mann's been fantastic. Dylan Edwards versus Reese Walsh. It's mouthwatering all across the park. But just going back to this Panthers side for a second, where do you think this era of Penrith stands up against the great eras of like the Raiders of the late eighties, early nineties, the Storm and Manly sides of the two thousands, the early nineties Broncos and the Eels, sort of those great eras? They'd have to be right up there, wouldn't they? If they win this one, well, at the moment, I think they sit amongst you know, your Brisbane Broncos at the start of the 90s and the late 90s when they won in 98 and 2000 and 92 and 93. I think they're already there uh, playing in four grand finals. So I think they're at that space now. I think they're at that space at the, with the Canberra Raiders as well. Um, if they win this one three in a row, well, the Dragons in the 50s and 60s won 11 in a row. They actually had to change the rules from an, unli- an unlimited tackle rule to a full tackle rule just to try and break their dominance in 1967. And it did. South Sydney beat, uh, won that comp in 1967. So they'll always sit out there on top. But underneath that currently is Parramatta, who won three in a row in the 80s. And then if this team wins another one, well, they'll sit alongside that great Parramatta side coach boy, yeah, you know, Jack Gibson, the likes of Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny and Co. So um, they'll definitely go down as one of the greatest teams of all time, without a doubt, if not already. Now, talking talking about history sets, uh, what is it now? It's, it's Tuesday afternoon in Australia. What's the uh, what's the tackle count question uh, this week got up to already? I'd say you'd be early hundreds already on the uh, on the famous tackle. Well, it's going it's going to get more tomorrow night, Beef, because we've got the Dally M Award, and I've got an email today saying. Are you coming down to the Dally M? If not, did you want to come down? Um, can we get you to present the Tackle of the Year Award? And I said, okay, well, <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> oh, brilliant, mate. Well, uh, i tell you what. Obviously, you're on, you've got your own great show over there in Queensland with Matty Rogers. How's, how's the former Wallaby uh, taken this week? What's, what's his thoughts <laughs> been on uh, the, the pride of Australian sport? Now, if you go to TikTok and have a look at um, Sports Day, you'll be able to see uh, his, well, I suppose, his concerns about Australian rugby and how it can be improved. The one thing about it, I think he's got he's got some ideas and solutions, which is good, rather than sitting down and slamming the, the Wallabies. Yeah. Now, Rat, Rat is a staunch Eddie Jones fan, um, but you know he agrees that he admits that uh, Eddie made some really poor decisions about some of the selections, but I don't think they would have made much of a difference when you look at the nah. the results overall now. But you know what? I, I've got to say, and, and Rat seems to agree, Matty Rogers seems to agree, that you know they signed Eddie to play the long game. And 
you know, he, he made some pretty brash decisions, which, you know, he's getting slammed for now. But I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think, and I'm, I'm more of an optimist, so I'd like to think that the decisions that he's made and moving forward um, in four years' time, we're probably not having these conversations. I, I personally, I don't think he should be the Wallabies coach. I think he's... I think his coaching style is probably um, not right for this generation of, of athlete, and that's nothing against today's yeah. athletes. It's just there's a time for everyone. I think he should be a step higher. I think he should be responsible for restructuring what the recruitment policies are at teenage and school level, all the way through to your all the way through to your Super Rugby players, and whether they play you know, overseas for a portion of the year, whether they you know, when they come back and play for the Wallabies. I think he should be a step up. I think he should be looking after a lot of the Rugby Australia's um, strategy. I feel like that's what beef should be doing for New Zealand rugby sets, looking after, you know, strategy, <laughs> like an overall sort of commander of New Zealand rugby job. situation. Yeah. Do you need to be downstream when catching white bait? Do you need to be upstream? <laughs> for all those decisions, hard decisions. Hey, um, Sets, um, just before we let you go, massive weekend for Brisbane Sport. They're in the AFL Grand Final as well. Uh, yeah. What's the sort of feeling around that? Because, I mean, I wa- I'm not a massive AFL fan. I watched both prelim finals on the weekend. Thoroughly enjoyed them, actually. Um, Brisbane looked fantastic when they get going, but that at Collingwood side looked defensively looked really strong as well. Yeah, so AFL to the Kiwis is a game where it's a big round oval and there's four sticks at either end. You've got to kick it through the middle <laughs> and you get six points. But if you miss the middle... Well, we're still going to give you a participation medal. We'll give you one point to go to the side. But uh, what I, I did learn when I was back in in NZ uh, last Christmas, actually, that there's a, actually an AFL comp in Christchurch, funnily mm. enough. Um, but in saying that, yeah, it, it's it's a good game. It's a really good game. It's a great live game, AFL. This Brisbane Lions team, who I follow, they're, they're super quick. Their best player, Lockie Neal, got the Brownlow medal last night, which is like our version of the Dalian, the player of the year. He came out of left field and... Uh, and won that. And they're playing Collingwood, yeah, who um, going to the MCG. Now, the Lions haven't got a great record at the MCG. It's a really poor record. And funnily enough, it's actually a bigger oval um, than than most AFL ovals. And for some reason, the Lions struggle there. So they won three comps back in 01, 02, 03, got beaten in 04. So they played four straight grand finals. And... Um, yeah, they go back there first time in, in 19 years. So uh, I think the Lions will beat Collingwood. I think they've got too many points in them, to be quite honest. Oh, brilliant sets. I mean, geez, you've got to be our AFL correspondent now too. I didn't realise you're, you're across it so much. But uh, hey, mate, in uh, all seriousness, thanks for your time. We love having you on the show and enjoy the week. Uh, you're an absolute legend of the Panther, so you should enjoy this week as much as anyone. And uh, enjoy the Dally M's and talking about your tackle again, mate. So we've got our 20-year anniversary on, on Friday, Beaver, oh, so I may night. ring you in the early oh. hours, France time, Saturday. So <laughs> oh, <brilliant>. be careful. <laughs> <laughs> See you, oh, mate, enjoy that too. <laughs> See you later.